Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Flourish, flourish. To grow well or luxuriantly to thrive. To fare or do well. To prosper. To be in a period of highest productivity, excellence, or influence. Flourish. How many of you believe that God wants everyone to flourish? To become healthy, to become whole, to become prosperous in life, especially those that are part of God's house. Can I get an amen? The Bible says in Psalm 92, 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those that are Planted, somebody say planted. Planted in the house of the Lord. There's a difference between being planted and being rooted and being grounded so that one can flourish and someone who's just kind of bouncing around here and there and never gets planted and rooted and established. There's a difference. Isn't that true? There is a difference. The word house... In Psalm 92.13, when it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, the word house isn't referring only to a building. It's the Hebrew word bayit, B-A-Y-I-T. And in the greatest application, it refers to a family. It refers to a household. And it refers to all of the different members of that house. In the New Testament, the Scriptures expands the idea of God's house, and Jesus calls it the church. And he uses a Greek word very intentionally so that everyone that he was speaking to knew exactly that he wasn't just referring to a physical building. And you remember the verse in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my, come on, church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not overcome it. All of the powers of hell will not have victory over it. Over what? Over the church. And the word church is the Greek word ekklesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. Say it with me. Ecclesia, and it means a gathering of citizens called out together to assemble. It means a calling out. Specifically, when it's talking about God's family, it's referring to a religious congregation or a religious assembly. This word ecclesia is an interesting word. It's a compound word. It starts with ek, E-K, and that means to call out, to call out. Out And the second part of the word kaleo literally means to call, to summons, to shout to. So ecclesia, the church, literally is 
those that God, by His Spirit, have called out to, have summoned out to, out of the world and into the house of God, into the family of God, the church, the house of God. Those who have been called out of the world and have made a decision to now be part of God's house, God's family, and follow Jesus Christ in becoming, growing, and maturing disciples of Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. It's not on the screen, but I want you to see it. If you have a Bible, open it up to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. If you don't get there, that's okay. This verse is one verse that I have found. I haven't looked extensively, but I haven't seen a lot of them through all my Bible reading. This is one verse that I have found in the New Testament where both the word house and the word church are used in the same verse, and they're used in a way that is synonymous with one another. Let me read it to you. The Apostle Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, If I'm delayed, I'm writing so that you may know how you can conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Notice that he says, I'm writing this to you so that you, Timothy, know how to conduct yourself, listen, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the ground, the foundation, the stability, and the pillar of the truth of God. Can you say amen? So he uses the word house, and he uses the word church, and both of those words in God's heart are synonymous. Don't think building, think people. Don't think structure, think family. Don't think a building to gather in, think a people who gather in a building. That's the church. Did you know that you're the house of God? The Bible says that you are the temple of the, come on, finish it with me, Holy Spirit. Now, just these verses that I've mentioned, Psalm 92, Matthew 16, 1 Timothy 3, these are great snapshots of God the Father's heart for His people, the house of God, the church. Now, I want for us to recognize that, but I also want us to lay hold of this too. God is also very concerned for people that are not yet part of the house of God. Can somebody say amen? People that are not yet part of the church. Listen to what it says in Matthew 9, 36 through 38. Jesus was out ministering to people. He was preaching the gospel. He was healing people. He was bringing love. He was bringing power. And then the Bible says, when he saw the crowds of people, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turned to his disciples, his followers, and he said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying that there are many people 
out in the world, in the fields of the world, who are ready to harvest, who are ready to bring in to the family, to bring in to the house of God and believe and follow Jesus. As the great shepherd of our souls, Jesus understands that this is their only and their greatest need in life, which is to be in a life-giving relationship with Him. This is how people who are outside of the family of God will be rescued from the harassment of the enemy, who will be rescued from the helpless condition that they're in and given peace and given joy and given hope and eternal life and life to the full. So Jesus is saying, listen, I've got a heart for my house, but I've also got a hand for the harvest. And I just want to start by saying this this year, second Sunday, 2023. Those of you that are here, those of you that might catch this later, God has spoken to us as a church. And he's given our senior pastor and our teaching team and our leaders a theme, if I can use that term, a theme for 2023. And here's the theme, or here's the prophetic word from the Lord for Lakeshore. A heart for the house and hands for the harvest. Come on, say it with me. Heart for the house and hands for the harvest. How does this connect to all of those flowers that we saw growing and flourishing and coming into their beauty? Well, it connects because when we begin to connect the dots and recognize that when we have a heart for the house, not the building, the family. When we have a heart for the house, not the building, but the people of God. When we have a heart for the house, not just a place to gather, but for the people that are gathered. When we have a heart for the house, and we have hands for the harvest, when we have a willingness to reach the lost, when we have a willingness to love people that are beyond the walls of the church, when we have a willingness to move as the hands and the feet of Jesus to a lost and dying world, when we have a willingness to grow and mature and be bold and share the love of God and point people to Jesus, when we have a heart for the house and a hand for the harvest, God begins to move in ways in our lives. God begins to do things in and through our lives that will cause us to flourish and come into the life that He has for us in ways that we could never flourish and come into the life that He has for us if we're just going through life religiously without a heart for the house and without hands for the harvest. This is the Great Commission. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus is the greatest missionary that has ever lived, that will ever live. He stepped out of heaven. He came to a lost and dying world. He became a human being. He set aside his deity. He became a man, fully God, but fully man. And he died a death that you and I deserve. Why did he do that? He did it because he loves the church. But he also did it because he loves the people who are in the world. There's a need today at Lakeshore, and I would venture to say every other church, for God's people to come back to a place where they have a heart for the house and they have hands for the harvest. Now, if we're being honest, 
most of us have room to grow in a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. Come on, somebody say, I still love you, Pastor Robert, right? I'm not trying to bring condemnation on anybody. I'm just saying, if we're being honest, most of us have room to grow in having a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. So what's the disconnect? I think the disconnect is that a lot of Christians have a misunderstanding of the proper order of how life is to be lived in a relationship with God through Jesus. There's an order in which our life is to be lived with God that will cause us to flourish in our relationship with God, that will cause us to flourish in all areas of our life with God, and at the same time, empower us and propel us forward in living with a heart for God's house and hands for the harvest. Now, this proper order can be understood in something called a theology of place. Theology of place. Say it with me. Come on. Theology of place. Theology is simply the study of God. Theology is the study of God. And theology of place is an understanding of the three places. Someone say three places. The three places that God has called each believer, you and I, every Christian, to be devoted to, and how each of those three places connect to one another. Theology of place. Here's the three places, just real quickly. The first place is the secret place. Somebody say the secret place. The secret place is where we meet daily and deeply with God for the purpose of growing in knowing Him and being freshly filled and empowered by His Word and His Spirit. That's the first place in theology of place. Here's the second place, the gathering place. Come on, say it with me. The gathering place. This is where believers come together for the purpose of both worshiping God and ministering to one another for the building up and edification of God's house. God's family. Wasn't it good that Joni had us minister to one another today through prayer? We need to be doing that more regularly. Here's the third place as it connects to theology of place. The public place. Come on, say it with me. The public place. This is where believers are sent out to reach a lost and broken world. They are full of the Word and the Spirit. Listen to this. As a result of time invested in the secret place and in the gathering place. Come on, somebody say amen. This is good, Pastor Robert. Come on, I'm getting something out of it if you're not. Notice the connection, theology of place. God wants Lakeshore Christian Fellowship. Let me just say it. God wants every Christian to have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. He wants every Christian to be sold out, to have a heart for his people, and have a hands for the harvest. With that being said, this is what we're going to do. The next three months, we're going to talk very, very closely and very, very carefully in all of our campuses about these three places. The secret place, the gathering place, 
and the public place. And we're starting today with a series that we're calling The Secret Place. Come on, say daily and deeply. Did you get a sermon guide? Come on, I, I made some sermon guides. There's some fill-in-the-blanks for you there so you can fill in some things and take it home, tuck it in your Bible, and look at it a little closer when you get home. So here's the goal of this first message. The goal of the first message is to just outline and give a basic understanding of what the secret place is, why it's important, and how to start or improve it if you already have a regular secret place. So if you have a sermon guide, here's your first fill in the blank. What is the secret place, Pastor Robert? Number one, the secret place is where I meet daily and deeply with God. Come on, say it with me, church. Say it with me. The secret place is where I meet daily and deeply with God. Notice we were very, very uh, careful. We didn't say the secret place is where I meet weekly and surface levelly. That's even a word. I don't think it is. Don't quote me on it. With God. No, no, no. It's not weekly. And it's not surface level. It's daily. Come on, somebody say daily. It's daily and it's deeply. It's not weekly. It's not shallow. It's daily and it's deeply. Where do you get that from, Pastor Robert? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus is speaking. He said, but you, if you get around to it, and it fits in your schedule, and you feel like it, and you have time for it, I want you to pray. Come on, somebody. Is that what it says? That's not what it says. I'm being facetious. Notice what it says. But you, when you pray, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but just personalize that. But you, Robert, when you pray, not if you pray, when Jesus, Jesus is assuming that I'm a man of prayer. When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The word reward, I think you know what it means, but I like to look at the words. The word reward is the Greek word apodidomai, A-P-O-D-I-D-O-M-I. And it comes from the root Greek word didomai, D-I-D-O-M-I, which means, listen, catch it, to give something to someone for their advantage. To bestow a gift. Come on, how many of you would think it'd be okay if God bestowed a gift to you? If God gave you something to your advantage. Notice, he says, when you pray and you shut your door and you go in the secret place, your father who sees in secret, nobody else sees, nobody else is around, you're making these pretentious prayers in front of all kinds of people, he's not opposing public prayer. 
He's opposing public prayer that's pretentious and puts a spotlight on the person praying. He's saying more important than praying in public, I need you to get together and have this secret place where you're meeting with the Father in secret. He sees, He knows, He's aware. And every moment that you invest in that secret place, no, it's not time wasted. It's time invested. And your Father who sees in secret, He promises to reward you openly. Wow. Pastor Robert, I don't have time. You have time? You make time for what's important to you. Amen. Hebrews 11.6, I love it. It says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is God. Listen to this. Catch it. And somebody say and. And he is a rewarder of those who come to church once a month. Is that what it says? Pastor Robert, you're stepping on my toes. Did you know sometimes a pastor needs to step on your toes? Before I'm your friend, I'm your pastor. And pastors need to step on toes sometimes. But I step on them with my slippers on. And I want to be loving and gracious. But I want you to flourish. I want you to finish your race. I want you to be used of God. I want you to invest time into things that are going to make a difference in eternity, not just investing time into earthly temporal living. That's the heart of God. He is a rewarder of those who diligently... What does diligent mean? I know what diligence means. Man, I've been working out six days a week. I've been watching my food. I've been watching my carbs. I cut out processed sugar and processed foods. That was hard the first couple months. But I've been diligent. Been diligent. Been, you know what diligence means. You keep after it. You keep going after it. I feel better than I've ever felt at 53 years old. The doctor says you're in perfect health. Thank God for that. No medication, no pills, lost 44 pounds. I cheat a little bit, have a little bit of ice cream and taco parties once in a while. Why are you sharing that? I'm sharing that because anything worth going after and achieving in God is going to take diligence. It's just not going to fall in your lap. It is, listen, in the secret place where we meet alone with God the Father and Jesus the Son, by the life and leading of the Holy Spirit, the secret place is a place where private, personal, and intimate relationship with God can be cultivated in the Word and in prayer and praise. In the Word and in prayer and praise. In the Word and in prayer and praise. Come on, somebody say amen. This is, this is time invested. This is, this is time well invested. This is eternal dividends. That quote came from a book uh, entitled by some pastors, um, Joel Everest, they're in Tennessee. Here's another quote from a book. He says, the secret place is a special and sacred place where we listen, study, and meditate on the scriptures, pray, praise, 
and journal. Journal. What's a journal? Throw me my journal. Please, honey. Would you throw it to me? I'll catch it. Perfect. Some of you have heard me talk about this, but we've got these life journals that are available. We're not trying to make money. If you want to donate six bucks, get one. If you don't, get one. We want you to get one. This has a reading plan in it. It has a way to read the Bible and hear from God every single time. S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. Some people might think, Pastor Robert, I have my own plan. No, you don't. You don't. I promise. If you had a plan, you'd be using it. I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm just saying a lot of people say, I have my own plan. Most people don't have a plan. Did you know 7 out of 10 Christians don't read their Bible at home? I'm just being honest. Those are the pew results. And I'm just saying, if a Christian only comes to service once or twice a month, and if you can look in a spiritual mirror, be all skinny. Falling apart. (laughs) Right? But I could use a spiritual mirror sometimes, though. I'm just saying, we need to be in the Word. We need to find this secret place. I love the heart of David. How many have heard of King David? Psalm 63. It's not on the screen, but that's one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 63 is so powerful. Uh, If you want to look at it real quick, Psalm 63 says, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. And it's just this yearning, it's this desire, it's this hunger, it's this thirst for the secret place. To meet with God. To connect with God. To read the Word. To pray. To praise. He's a rewarder. Next, why is the secret place important, Pastor Robert? Number two, fill in the blank. The secret place is where I grow in knowing God and get freshly filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Come on, is it on the screen? Say it with me. The secret place is where I grow in knowing God and get freshly filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Did you know Jesus modeled this? I love Mark 1.35. It says something to the effect of, now early in the morning before the sun was even up, Jesus rose up And he went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Think about it. Here's Jesus, God, in the flesh, all-powerful, knows everything, preaches a perfect sermon every time. People get saved every time. People get healed every time. The Holy Spirit's on him and in him and through him. You would think, Jesus doesn't need to pray. But he did. Now early in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out, got away from the disciples, to a solitary place. Solitary. 
No Facebook, no Netflix, no scrolling. Come on, mamas, no kids. Somebody say amen. amen. Solitary, just him and God, the Father. And if you read that story in Mark, it's between ministry events. Like the day before, he was bringing healing and restoration and preaching and crusades and people were being delivered and set free. And then we find him in the morning the next day. He rises up early and he goes to the secret place. Why? So he can hear freshly from the Father his word that brings comfort, that brings strength, that brings affirmation. Why? So he could be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit's presence and the Holy Spirit's assurance. If you want to be a successful businessman, if you want to be the best mama you can be, if you want to be the best grandma you can be, if you want to fulfill your life's mission and your calling, if you want to live a life that's full of joy and full of life and full of power, if you want to get to heaven and receive some rewards from Jesus and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, you and I will have to make a decision to be in the secret place where we're knowing and we're growing with God and being freshly filled with the Word and the Spirit. Amen. Oh, Pastor Robert. I just want to go to a church where you're always preaching inspiring messages and I feel good and I could just go and live the rest of my life. That's not this church. I'm just, I'm just not going to let that happen. Our senior pastor, we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to have all the crowds that want to hear a feel good message all the time and you could just live any way you want. We're not going to preach that message. There's a lot of Christians who say they're Christians. But they're not really living for God. They're living for themselves. I'm not being condemning. I'm just being truthful. Sometimes you got to speak truth in love every single time. But you got to speak truth. Got a lot of Christians posting stuff on Facebook. I know that they're living with somebody. They're not even married. I'm just being honest. God loves them. He wants them to come into the family. But you can't be quoting Scripture, your, your Scripture for the year, and you're living with a man, and you're not married. Come on. That breaks the Father's heart. If you didn't hear last Sunday's message, you got to hear it. Obedience and the victorious life. Victory in Jesus comes at a cost. Can't just live any way we want. we got to be obedient. I'm not preaching perfection and I'm not saying you got to do things to get to heaven. It's by the blood of Jesus. It's by the grace of Jesus. But at some point, we've got to be knowing and growing in God. Amen. Come on. We'd be surprised if a 25-year-old man walked in here in pampers on his hands and knees. What's the matter with that guy? But we got a lot of Christians that are doing that in the Spirit. The devil's after those Christians, too. He's not going to let up. But those of you that are knowing and growing and being filled and being empowered, you're finding that secret place, man, you're going to flourish. You're going to be rewarded. You're going to be impactful. Jesus got invited to a small group to Martha and Mary's house. You might know the story. It's in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Martha and Mary are women of God. They're disciples of Jesus. And Jesus is there. Come on, how many of you know Jesus got something good to say? And the Bible says that he came into Martha's house. And the Bible says, now Martha also sat at Jesus' word, but on this 
particular occasion, Mary sat at his word. But Martha was busy with other things, being a good hostess and making sandwiches in the kitchen. And Martha came over to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. I got stuff on the griddle. I'm trying to make you something. I'm trying to be a good hostess. Jesus turns around and says, Martha, Martha, Martha. If he says your name three times, you're in trouble. (laughs) Amen. Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. Listen. But Mary has chosen that good part that will not be taken from her. What did she choose? She chose the secret place. She she chose to sit at the feet of the master and to hear his word. Father, I just pray right now for every single person under the sound of my voice. And I pray this year, in 2023, that there would be a new level of hunger, a new level of thirst for you for your word, for your presence. I pray that you would infuse us as your people with a heart for the secret place. It's the most valuable investment that we can daily meet, to meet with you, to know you, and to grow in you. I come against every attack of the enemy. I come against every distraction of the enemy. I come against every lie of the enemy that would cause us to put other things and other people in place of you. Father, I declare that we are going to be a people of the secret place. We are going to flourish. We're going to grow with a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. And we're going to be used of you mightily. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Doug Brocklebank, Joni's husband, he's not here with us today. He's helping to do some major repairs on his son's house. I asked him to give me a brief testimony about why it's so valuable to him to invest time with God reading his Bible. And this is what he said. I start each morning with God in the Word because it brings me peace every day. It helps me focus on what and where the Lord wants me to be and reminds me of His faithfulness. My day begins much better when I start my day with God reading the Bible. Can somebody say amen? I love that. My day... My day begins much better when I start my day with God reading the Bible. The secret place... Is where I grow in knowing God and get freshly filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, Pastor Robert, how do I start the secret place with God? If, if I don't have one, if I want one, if I struggle to create one that's, you know, daily, if I'm not getting it done even though I really want to, there's a lot of Christians who want to. And for one reason or another, they're just not getting it done. There's no condemnation to you, brother or sister. My heart is that the Holy Spirit would help you to get it done. So here's a key. You ready? Number three, the secret place starts 
by asking God for help. That sounds too simple, Pastor Robert. No, it's truthful. Listen, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it will be answered. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. The secret place, that time where you're meeting daily and deeply with God, starts by asking God for help. James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God. And He will draw near to you. God is as close to you as you are as close to Him. And so if you don't have a secret place, let me just encourage you. Start by asking God. Pastor Robert, what do you mean? Well, listen, I know personally, example, uh, I like to start early in the morning. Other people I know, they're not morning people. They're nighttime people. I know some people that, you know, they got to get some stuff done in the morning, get it out of their mind, and then they can sit down and have their secret place. Ask God to help you figure out where that is going to be and what time that's going to be. Because if you just keep trying to shoot in the dark, today I'm going to try, tomorrow I'm going to try, hopefully I'll fit it in in this time, hopefully I'll make it in this time, you never really quite develop that habit. But if you'll be intentional... Holy Spirit, I know that the secret place is probably the most valuable investment I can make on a daily basis. So I'm asking you, help me in my schedule. Help me to put it in and help me to find a place where I'll put it in. It's going to be different for everybody. And some people, because of your life and because of your schedule, it might be a little different from day to day. But that's okay. Don't give up. Ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to help you find that place. Remember this. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Jesus said, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and all these things that you need will be added unto you. Here's the challenge. We go after all the things that we need, And we don't realize what it costs us in the Spirit to not develop the secret place. So I'm just believing, I'm declaring that Lakeshore Christian Fellowship is a church that values and is developing the secret place with God. I'm declaring that we're knowing and we're growing and we're being freshly filled with the Word and the Holy Spirit. And I am declaring because of this, This secret place is going to help us to launch forward with a heart for the gathering place. Come on, and we're going to talk more about that next Sunday. Have you been blessed by the Word? Come on, stand up to your feet and let's pray. God, we just thank you today for the freedom to worship. We thank you for the presence of the Spirit of God who's refreshed us and encouraged us and strengthened us in our relationship with Jesus. Father, we thank you for answering prayers that were prayed earlier in our service. And Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, if there's any sense of condemnation at all that the enemy is trying to put on anybody for this message, Lord, we just pull it off. We resist it in the name of Jesus. Your heart is always gracious. Your heart is always loving. Your heart is always the best for us. And you know 
that the most valuable thing we can do is develop this secret place where we're meeting daily and deeply with you. So I just, again, prophetically declare that we're stepping into that this year like greater, 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 greater than we ever have. In Jesus' name, everybody said Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.